Guys, not gonna lie to you, this one is a banger. I know this one's hot today. Welcome to the Idea Bordello with me, your host, Roy Mate Parole. Yeah, man, the Idea Bordello is like the bomb. Um, and that's been verified by, you know, the people at the Bomb Institute. Um, today's episode is sponsored by Pineapple Insurance. Pineapple Insurance is the best insurance on the planet. If you got a car, got a baby, got a house, fam, Pineapple is the one for you. To sign up for Pineapple Insurance, just go to pineapple.co.za. Okay, now for the episode. Today's episode is with the chosen one, Mr. Good News himself, Dabenle Jr. Ngulobe. And Dabenle is one of my favorite human beings alive and one of the clearest thinkers I know. This conversation is hilarious, insightful, and touches on everything from African writing scripts to the failures of the Zoom administration to the future insurance to xenophobia to the NFL and my main man, A.B. So yeah, listen, not gonna lie, this one's fire. I've listened to it like a thousand times already and I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I'm pretty sure you will. So please sit back and get ready to learn about the doctrine of Team Almost Light Skin. Woo! Yeah, what's up, Thanks so much for sitting down and doing this, dude. Anytime, man. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, been, yeah. It's been a long time coming. It's been years coming. And I went to Junior and Gulube, my main man. Yeah. Do you mind introducing yourself to the people at home so they can get a better indication of who you are? Yeah, so my name is Ndabentle Junior Ngulube. Um originally from Zimbabwe. I moved to SA when I was two years old. Did nursery school, primary school, and high school in Joburg. Did a bit of high school in Germany as well. Um, it's broken the Deutsch. Ambition. Better than me, homie. Better than me. Yeah, so then went to UCT and um, yeah, graduated, came mm. back to Joburg and started hustling. Okay. Yeah. Pineapple. Yeah. What's yeah, good? Yeah. What's yeah, really man. good? <laughs> yeah, man, tell the, the story. The how did, how did that happen? Yeah, so I mean, I'll probably just get into the story from the very beginning as mm. to mm. how I went from like you know, working for somebody else to eventually, you know, yeah. starting. Because you didn't, fin- you didn't graduate as a dev, right? You no, graduated as a CA. No, no. So I did my undergrad in accounting, then my honors in tax. Okay. So the idea okay. was to eventually go through and do um, accounting articles. Yeah. But um, once I finished honors, I was like, there's no way I'm going to survive this thing. Like, dude, because tax is the most thrilling thing in the world. Dude, tell me about <laughs> it. I, 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 always, I always tell my friends that if, uh, if I went through with articles in Joburg, I would have yeah. either ended up a raging alcoholic or, yeah, or yeah, depressed. Yeah, you yeah, know? like you were getting divorced. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, during my time in, in varsity, I was like hella bored and had a lot of free time. So, um, you know, I decided to use that time to teach myself how to code. Mm-hmm. And I did that for um, quite a while. I think I did it for about two and a half years to almost three years. Mm-hmm. And... Um, when I finished my undergrad, there was a coding school that opened in Cape Town, the first one, and I enrolled there and I got accepted to take part in it, which was dope. It was like a six month full-time coding bootcamp. So I was juggling that in my honors. So dope. I, yeah. And what was this one called? 
Codex. Project Codex. Codex. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. like Michael Jordan thing, yes, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, I remember. And Elizabeth was there. Yes, right? Elizabeth Gold, right? Elizabeth Gold from the States. Snap! Yeah, yes, yeah, And yeah, Cara yeah, Turner, yeah. Andre yeah. Vermeulen. Small world. How do you know them? Ah, oh, dude, because I was, I was hustling at that time. I, oh, I had right. a startup called uh, Dream Mobile that yeah. went absolutely nowhere. But it was mm. great. Yeah. This was in Great Cape Town, story. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, like the Cape Town startup community was so small. Yeah. So I knew Elizabeth Gold and yeah. Codex. I actually almost hired someone from Codex. Oh, snap. Yeah, because yeah. I was at 88 miles per hour in those days yeah. and everything. Small yeah. ass world, eh? Tiny, homie. Yeah, Tiny. yeah, yeah. So okay. they, they put me on. They really put me on. So I went through that program and they actually plugged me with my first job, okay. which was a software dev house. I started off at that office in Cape Town. They moved to the office here in Joburg. Mm-hmm. And I think I worked there for almost two years. Okay. Yeah, and then that's when this pineapple opportunity came around. So at the time, um, a friend sent me a WhatsApp application mm. to this reinsurance competition that was happening. Mm. It was an innovation competition ran by a reinsurance company. Mm-hmm. So they basically wanted to put together a, a diverse, innovative team that could really disrupt the insurance space, the short-term insurance space. The Avengers for insurance. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And they had the Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the <Facts>. Black Panther. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I applied to that and, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be selected to um, take part in it and I was put onto a team with my now co-founders um, Hectic. Matthew and Manus. Hectic. Okay, and, let's yeah. just talk about like the extreme amount of luck that that was. Yeah, it's actually to insane. A, a, get in mm. and then B, be on a team with dudes who didn't want to murder. Yeah, because, exactly. Like, I think one of the greatest like challenges in tech that if you solve this, you'll become a tr- create a trillion dollar company. It's mm. like founder dating. Yeah. Like, how do you find a good co-founder? You know so funny mean? enough, myself, Matt and Monis, we always say, and this is a true story. Yeah. The the biggest argument that we've ever had, and it wasn't even an argument. It was a, it was a debate. But um, the longest debate we've ever had was back in 2018. And the debate was whether to have users validate their emails by following a link in an email that we sent to them after they sign up. So that's been like the, the longest debate we've ever had. Which Man. just show, goes to show that we just gel yeah. and we get along really, really well. And we, I think the, the thing that really sets us apart, the three of us, as well as Cizwe, our CTO, mm. yeah. is that we're all um, outcome orientated. Yeah. And we were able to um, differentiate between the self and the objective. So yeah. if you put forward a suggestion and it's not the chosen subject, a suggestion, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. Correct. It just means that you weren't able to justify it strong enough. Yeah. And yeah. So a meritocracy get, of ideas. Exactly. Whatever gets chosen is for the best of the of the overall objective. Yeah. yeah. So we, we all really understand that and it's, and it's really helped us uh, along the, the way. Wow. It's so rare to meet people who are adults in tech. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, yeah you can actually say that. Because funny enough, so this competition that we took part in, um, there were six teams yeah. that were competing in it. And um, once the competition was over, quite a few of them tried to continue their products and sort of take their product to market. And all of them ultimately ended up having some sort of internal quarrel Correct. that resulted in the demise of the team. Yeah. yeah. So we yeah. were the only ones who just kept it going. That's that's super lucky, and I'm really really happy for you guys. Yeah, no, thank you very much. But I do I do realize that it's, it's quite it's a very rare thing to find. So extremely rare, yeah, we don't extremely rare. Yeah, you know. doubt it. Like my one co-founder that I have now, mm. like we literally stumbled into each other by mistake, mm. and like for months I thought this is not going to work. Mm. And then like when I figured out what in him, what he recognized me, and what I recognized in him, it was like, okay, this is like forever. Yeah. You know, would, like would, you, would you would you guys say you have 
complementary skills or be the same or how that's what, a really what, weird one mm. and like that's a really good question because I I, I I don't know and because there's so many things that we agree on yeah but there's so many things that like I hate and he loves mm. you know what I mean yeah and like it's always tough you know and like a friend of mine once said something that was really interesting and they're like a very successful startup founder and they said like you know up until 10 people you should chase like homogeneity in your team mm-hmm. you know and then from there you should change like more heterogeneous like Makes people sense. Yeah. and i was like but i thought diversity was like super hard and he's like it is once you're flying the ship yeah but to get the ship off the ground you need like a very uniform you know view on like what we're trying to achieve and how yeah. we're going to achieve it and it's like like south korea after the war yeah in china the yeah, war after yeah. The war, yeah. Know, yeah 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 in fact you i just I think have to have that very yeah 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 and it's like really super dark yeah (laughs) very dark like africa love to dick ride asian countries (laughs) they're so much better than us Mm -hmm. and then it's like yeah fam but like you're also discounting the young like genocide yeah that happened there as well yeah because those formative years were dark bro dude like especially korea like especially korea yeah and like even to this day you know like i remember watching squid game Mm. and like when squid game popped and everyone was going crazy you know like i studied film yeah. for my sins and I was a huge Park Chan-wook fan like back yeah. in the day like Mr. what's it called uh, Old Boy you know Lady Vengeance and all those films yeah. and everyone was like yo man Korea's so hectic you know that like it could make a film like you know a show like Squid Game and I was like yeah mm-hmm. so like you people who are like all like going wild for K-pop and like it's the best thing ever like K-pop has got some extreme dark aspects to 100%, it. Hundred yeah. percent, like a lot of Korean culture. Yeah, and that, in fact, the K-pop industry is borderline slavery. If you actually look at what those groups have to go through and how many years they have to work extreme, inhumane hours before they even almost. become famous. Yeah, it's almost worse. There's than like that. camps actually. There's, yeah, there's literally yeah, camps for yeah, K-pop yeah, stars yeah, starting yeah. from the age of fourteen, fifteen. And they just keep working um, up until the age of like Correct. 19, 20. Then they Correct. become famous. Yeah. But by then, like the the human soul in them has just been destroyed. And also, like, I think what's worse about that is that they take away the play aspect of performance, yeah. right? Because, like, okay, let's let's use an example of like, you know, BTS. Yeah. Which Are I know absolutely nothing about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe. I don't, you. I don't, I don't, okay, yeah. a new that, that example came yeah, too, yeah, yeah, came yeah, too yeah, fast yeah, to yeah, your well. mind. What's my other one? Blackpink. You know Blackpink? <laughs> okay. Black yeah, yeah. I'm about it. I'm yeah. about it. I'm about it. Yeah. But like. If you look at like, okay, so, so, so like you think of like BTS, Blackpink, and a lot of these super K-pop bands, right? Yeah. And like, are you just going to make a very, very unhealthy comparison to like the K-pop industry, yeah. and like the French football industry, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And like both eat children alive yeah. and spit out billion dollar like, you know, uh, assets essentially, right? Yeah. At least Claire Fontaine and all these super academies, right? Mm-hmm. That like produced Kylian Mbappe and Nicholas Anelka, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. At least the underlying thing you're doing there is fun. Yeah. Like disky. Like yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like no, I, I, all I, things considered, like your impression of soccer. F- football no, but the player. thing is, though, actually, I've, I, well, you, you can continue, but I have, yeah. I, I, I have a challenge. I, I want to challenge something about the fun aspect. Okay. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Fine, fine. 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 But I'm just saying, like, I, I I watch football, and I always say to myself, "Wow, I can't believe someone actually does this for like for a living." Mm. You know what I mean? Because I love sports and I love playing sports, but I'm just like really shit at them. Yeah. So like, like the idea that you could play sports for a living is such a mind blowing thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and then on top of that too, what's like, I don't know. Like my brother and I were having this conversation one time, and I was like, it's much better to be a football player at the top of his game than like a tennis player at the top of his game. 
And my argument was that like a tennis player is an isolated like yeah. existence. Yeah. But like football's like, hide behind a team. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's always a vibe <laughs> because like yeah. there's always like you can always talk shit. And like football. Uh, I mean, it depends. Uh, unless you have like shit. a uh, Cristiano Ronaldo on your team who has strict rules in terms of what you can eat and what you can't eat. Fine, but yeah. even Ronaldo talk shit. You know what I'm saying? Dude, like I at the end you, of the yeah. day, because you need an element of camaraderie, yeah. right? Yeah. So and like also, if you have Ronaldo on your team, you're also gonna probably win. So <laughs> will, will you though? <laughs> I mean, okay, you're gonna score I mean, goals. Where's United at right now? Hey, fam, what is United <laughs> what right exactly? now? Exactly. Not where. What, what is, is United? Yeah. Because I don't want this to become a football chat, but that is the most talented squad I've like ever seen in United history in my mind. Like, nah, cap. Ah, I don't know. Like, no, come on, Pogba, Varane, Ronaldo, like Sancho. You reckon? Like, okay, maybe not. Talent, talent, not yeah. best. Mm-hmm. Talent, right? Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, like. There was like the 1999 team that yeah. had great players. Even I think it was the 07 08 team as well. That was they were jamming. They had yeah. hot players. But like, if Rand's won like four Champions League or three Champions Leagues, right? True. Like Pogba's won a World Cup. Ronaldo's won like a billion Champions Leagues. Like yeah. Sancho's like a top player. Like these are all really really good players. Like I always forget that. Like what's the other guy? That very sexy Uruguayan motherfucker. That that, that what's his name? Um. With the long hair. Yes, yes, um, yes. Fuck, what's, I see. I can see. I see his face, and I know his name. It's yeah. like I'm my time. You know who we're talking. I know about, exactly. Who yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah. That's sexy son of a bitch. Like, he's on the same team. Yeah, <laughs> like, I always forget that. Like, yeah, yeah. they have so many good players. So, uh, is it their greatest squad ever? I don't know. But like, in terms of like their FIFA squad, ah, it's like one of the strongest ever. Yeah. Like, if I'm playing FIFA. I want to play with United of 2022. Yeah. Not like United of 2013. Even though that United mm. 2013 was much more successful. Yeah. You know. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. Fair so, point. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's something to think about. But um, <laughs> away from football, you're going to say the BTS, you're going to counter my argument. About the fun, the, the fun, soccer, soccer, fun. soccer yeah. yeah, like yeah, being yeah, in an yeah. academy and whatnot. Like, yeah. I was watching this documentary about the dark side of um, the kids who get released from these academies. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah those yeah, guys yeah, go yeah. through it, through it. Eh? Yeah, 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 you've, yeah. You've based your whole identity around being. You know, the guy who's at the City Academy, the guy who's at the Correct. who's at La Masia, you know. Now you get released and now everybody's seeing you at home asking you, dog, what's up? Exactly. You and know, and I think the worst part about that as well is that it's like it's very rarely the kid who grew up in like a really nice house mm. on the hills who gets released. It's always like, yo, Mr. Almost Refugee was sending you back yeah. to this almost refugee. It's been real. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And like I wouldn't even say it's doggy dog. I think it's probably the most hyper competitive environment in the world. You know, yeah. Edison Cavani. Cavani. Edison yeah, Cavani, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, before he turned into a serial domestic abuser, like Mason Greenwood, like that kid was good. Yeah, you he, know and so, yeah he, no, he did a, the most. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't he know. Needs I just. To be canceled. He, oh, I don't even know if he needs to be canceled as much as like he needs to be sent to an institution. Jail. Yeah, an mm. institution. Like, yeah. I don't think there's a place in the world for people like him, one. Yeah. And then also, fam, you're a professional footballer. Like, why would that even cross your mind? Like, yeah. why would you... Like, I don't understand that, you know. But yeah. that being said, uh, domestic violence is not something that should be uh, in any way tolerated or, like, uh, yeah. accounted for. There yeah. was that, um, just going back to Edison Cavani, there was yeah. that IG post of his where he called... Like a black fan, Negrita. He caught, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he, he caught the smoke. But look, I'm to, I'm going to be completely ob, like you know objective about this yeah. and balanced. Like if you like translate what he meant, that's the yeah, thing. It was, yeah. it's like, he didn't mean any harm by it. And I think there's also this like 
over over subscription to like the african-american notion of racism mm. and bigotry mm. that like has become has become this blanket approach towards everything yeah you know what i mean and like i remember i was with this american dude uh, like a few months back with, like you know and we we're talking about something and i was just like yeah i'm just another darkie and he's like brother you can't say that brother <laughs> you know you know, you know like you know you are more than that brother you, you and I'm became like, brother Farrah Khan. yeah and i was like fam <laughs> i know but in my world this is not like some kind of racial like loaded epithet epithet mm. or whatever you want to call it this is just like two black guys talking shit to each other, you know. Yeah. And this is one of the terms that we like throw around, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, 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 and like, okay, like Luis Suarez. Remember, like, yeah, that same issue with uh, what was his name? Evra. Evra, she's Evra. <laughs> and like, wait, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Luis Suarez's character tells us a lot about him, you know. So we know that this guy's like very ghetto, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So was he trying to be racist? Even if the term wasn't racist, because it was Suarez, I'm gonna go like probably. Yeah, probably. You know yeah. So, 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 I mean, that's that's one thing to look at. If it. if if Suarez was in a, a police lineup, <laughs> he's guilty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they had to ask you, identify the racist dude here. It's always Suarez. It's, it's always, always Suarez. Suarez yeah, yeah. But like at the same time, you can't turn around and also like put Suarez up like and say you're a terrible person. It's like what environment created Suarez? It's like Suarez's entire life is you, if you bang goals, everything is good, mm. and he just banged goals. Yeah. So no one ever corrected any behavior, and you see that with Fact. like these hyper successful individuals, yeah, where it's like yeah. like no one corrects their behavior. Because yeah, they, they have no concept of like you know repercussions for actions. Dude, like yeah. have you seen the Neymar documentary? I haven't. Fam, you need it's to on watch my that. list. Fam, yeah, because I've I've I've, I've taken a, a view on like documentaries where you you should. You should only watch a handful of documentaries as documentaries. Yeah. But these new Netflix, like, overproduced, hyper-HD, like, mm -hmm. documentaries, always watch them as mockumentaries. Yeah. So always remember that this is hilarious. Yeah. And then when you watch the Neymar documentary like that, that is the funniest shit you will ever see in your entire life. Like, Neymar's dad... Neymar's dad is the final black father. Like, I love Neymar's I knew, dad. I knew he was the like, final black father. When, <laughs> when he got the jet as part of that transfer deal. Nah, dog. <laughs> like, tell me, tell me like, you're black without telling me you're black, me Exactly. Like, like, tell me the hood never left you without Bro. telling me the hood never left you. The one that fucked me up the most was when Neymar's dad signed for Real at Barca. Just dog, <laughs> just, just let's go, dog. Nah, that is the final black dad. Yeah. And that's what I love about football, right? Is that, like, football entertainment, one of the few lost spaces where a lack of skill and a lack of, like, understanding of what you're doing doesn't... Ne necessarily negatively affect you if you just have like a once in a generation talent underneath you yeah right? facts so like like the idea that like messi like neymar <laughs> all these superstars are just managed by, by their the dad the guy yeah, just dog. pops just pops bro like the dad pops just is negotiating a 200 million dollar deal like with the pdf <laughs> how to become a soccer manager <laughs> And like one week later, I'm ready. Yeah, and it's never, it's never like, oh, my dad is a manager, and I happen mm. to make it. It's always like, my dad. Oh no, my dad is like, my dad is like a former football player, or my dad is like, my dad is doing something that in no way prepared him to be my manager. Yeah. Now he's my manager, no, and it's like yeah. everyone's sitting around like, wow, we're negotiating with like the guy who used to serve us bread like the other day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which is not to say that he doesn't have necessarily the skill set or the intelligence. Not the intelligence, but rather it's like the skill set, right? Yeah. And then like you get Ronaldo, who's got like a super managerial team. Yeah. Like Ronaldo's got like thirty people who just manage his brand. Yeah. Name watches pops. It's just, just pops. vibes. Yeah. It's yeah. Vibes. Are you watching the NFL by any chance? No, no. I okay. There's this like once in a generation superstar talent named yeah. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like freakishly talented. Like yeah. he's the most African. Like 
I wrote a whole article about him. I, like, I call him Captain African America. Yeah. Because, like, I, I've got this argument that he is the last... He is the greatest threat to white supremacy in the NFL. Oh, really? Yeah. Is, because, he, is he a quarterback? Exactly. That's and, like, makes I, sense. I always said that, like, Lamar doesn't play American football. Lamar yeah. plays African-American football. Yeah. In the same way that, like... I'm sure you watched a little bit of basketball growing up, right? A little? basketball growing yeah, up. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, Iverson, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. And you know Kobe, right? Yeah, yeah. Kobe plays basketball like someone whose father was an like NBA player. Yeah. Kobe plays like brilliant, technically beautiful basketball. Iverson's about that and one. Exactly. Yeah. You see hot, what I'm saying? Like? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's about that life. Yeah. And like, you see it with like, uh, so that's why I say like, Iverson plays like African-American basketball. Yeah. Whereas Kobe Bryant plays basketball yeah but you can't learn how to play basketball like on Avison anywhere else in the world except in those kinds of communities Facts, yeah. and Lamar Jackson represents that and like um the NFL for me is a super interesting uh like like complex yeah. I think it's the greatest marketing company in the world personally yeah I think the NFL can like teach almost every major brand in the world how to yeah. like sell and the fact that they are the only like one of the only sports in the world that's been growing in terms of popularity and revenues for the last five years, even yeah. throughout a pandemic, is mind-blowing. It speaks quick, back to... Quick question, though. Now that we're on the, the topic of NFL. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick. Yes. Is he a social justice warrior, champion, or an owl magnet? Uh, okay. So, so to answer that question, we must always remember that, like... Colin Kaepernick got to a Super Bowl. Never forget that, right? Yeah. He took the 49ers to a Super Bowl. And the 49ers are really good at taking L's. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, they are great. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo got them to the Super Bowl, caught another L, right? Like, mm. they've got a freakishly brilliant coach, Kyle Shanahan, and, like, shout out to him. Like, he's genius because yeah. he takes bums to the Super Bowl nonstop. Yeah. So how good is, you know, CP, like Colin Kaepernick? I, don't, I can't really tell you, right? Yeah. And then also, you've also got to remember that the NFL evolves so quickly. So, like, the idea that you can get a Colin Kaepernick back into the league right now is, like, even if you do still have it, have it, like, yeah. the game has evolved so change, much yeah. from since you last played yeah. that, like, Colin Kaepernick, you know, left the NFL when Cam Newton was, like, the hottest was property, up, yeah, right? Yeah. Cam Newton is, he's, like, he's dead. Yeah, he's gone, he's right? Dead, yeah. And, like, the new Cam Newtons of the day are, like, Lamar Jacksons, who yeah. are just freaks of nature yeah. like so quick so yeah. agile the level's different now. exactly so it's yeah. like what about ab ab my main <laughs> man mr mental health 2022 <laughs> look i think antonio brown is like one of the best wide receivers to ever play american football mm. period um i'm very confident that he's got some kind of mental condition that yeah. like it screws him up in ways he doesn't fully understand think it's cte probably yeah um yeah there's a really great um football uh, podcast slash uh, YouTuber I follow and he speaks about like a very specific game where you should see the clip it's awful it's like the, the guy's it, name not, it's not Flimro right? no I think it's oh. Brett Coleman okay. or there's like another guy I listen to I can't right. remember they're, they're really great um, like in-depth videos <laughs> on understanding like uh, play strategy in American yeah. football anyway I digress um, he shows us a really brilliant clip of AD catching like this incredible people and then just getting like, kicked in the head like Sheesh. two feet yeah um so like that's and then there's a direct like correlation between that and his behavior just, just going just, like, yeah yeah so i think the bigger issue there is not necessarily that ab is like crazy because he's not crazy because no one's crazy it's a mental health issue mm. i think the bigger issue is that the 
the black community as a whole has such a huge phobia of, of therapy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I shout out therapy in every single podcast I do because yeah. like, especially black men, like, yo, yeah. black men are allergic to therapy. Bro. Like, I know brilliant, brilliant, like guys who are approaching bees in terms of NAV, mm-hmm. who are just like, nah, there's nothing wrong with me, I'm cool, man. And I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of cocaine, dude. What's going and, on and there? These South African gents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, but if you were fine, then if why? If you're fine, why, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, no, I don't need really to speak to anyone. I'm fine. I can speak to my homies. I'll speak to my priest. And I'm like, you can't speak to your priest. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how men are deep in the yayo. Exactly. Yeah. And also like, looking at Tyrone Biggums. You see Ash what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying like, I don't know, like, I, I, I'm very optimistic for the future of that because like the youngins are definitely more like um, open to that. Yeah. But like, if you're listening to this, just go to therapy. Yeah. Even if you I think agree. you're 100% fine. I agree. Therapy is the best thing that will ever happen to you if mm. you can afford it. Seriously. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But um, speaking of things that you can afford, I just want to move the topic to um, the biotech space. Mm. So, um, I think biotech is super interesting for a lot of different reasons, but I think it's even more interesting in the wake of COVID. Yeah. Because if you just look at the sheer number of cap- amount of capital that's been deployed into that space, it's just like astronomical right now, right? Yeah. And as a consequence of that, like I always say that like, yo, if you throw enough money at the problem, you're gonna get something. I don't know what you, I don't know if you'll get a solution, but you'll get something. Mm-hmm. And like, you're seeing Moderna just like going through like, they're just like doing Lewis Hamilton things, right? Yeah. Like just dropping vaccines left, right, and center. So I'm like, yeah. now they've got like an HIV vaccine. Yeah. This, mRNA te- this mRNA technology. Mm. And now like they're talking about a vaccine for like this other disease I completely forgot. It's on my mind right now. And like the more and more I look at this, the more I'm like, wow, you know, like, and then like I'm a big fan of Bobby DeGray and like he's a super, super life um, longevity uh, specialist who okay. does a lot of work in that space. Yeah. And like, the one thing that always sits on my back of my mind is like, I think human longevity is going to be kind of something that becomes a lot more common. Yeah. And like, in the sense that like, I don't think there will ever be, I, I, I can't, I don't understand enough about it to think that there will ever be just a pill that you just take mm. that just keeps you young. Mm. But like, we're starting to see a lot of these technologies converge all at once. Yeah. And that's going to create like, almost these super, like, like, like there's this one, one British lady I saw the other day who had a stem cell uh, transplant of some kind on her skin. Mm-hmm. And this lady's like 60. Yeah. And she had the stem cell transplant and she came out 25-year-old skin. And I was like, Sheesh. damn, that, is, yeah, that is a trillion dollar industry waiting to happen right yeah. there, right? 100%. So like the cosmetic side is, you know, like um, I was thinking something the other day. So I was talking about NFTs and I was saying. Uh, NFTs. But, yeah, yeah. Wait, we can get into that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were those, those JPEGs. Price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Super expensive price. Price is not a bug, it's a feature because it attracts uh, super like great talent into mm. the space. But that's another story for another different day. Question is, is really simply, how do you think that these dramatic advances in human longevity will affect your industry? Specifically on the short-term insurance. side or the long-term side of insurance? Because with the short-term side of things, it will be great for business. Business yeah. will be booming as well as on the long-term side as well, because um, people are dying less. The longer somebody lives, the more premium they're collecting, the more premium we're collecting in terms yeah. of life insurance. But of course, there's the opposite side of the scale, yeah. whereby if somebody knows they're gonna live forever, Correct. granted, you know, society is able to mitigate other risks that could lead to death, such as yeah. accidents, uh, car accidents, or mm. freak accidents, or plane accidents, or, or any other non-health-related accidents. 
if we can mitigate those things, then eventually there'll come a point where there's no need for sort of long-term insurance. But okay. I do believe, um, you know, there'll always be those probabilities of death that are just not in our control. Yeah. And because of that, there'll always be that requirements for um, long-term insurance. With short-term insurance, um, same thing as well. Mm. Um, niggas are always gonna rub. Standard. Be, yeah, you know, Standard. you always drop your phone in the yeah. in, 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 in the puddle of water and so forth. Correct. So, um, but, you know, as technology improves, we might be able to mitigate for those specific risks. So, you know, waterproof cell phones and, and mm. so forth, but that will introduce a new kind of risk. Correct, cyber, correct, correct. Cyber yeah. risk and so forth. So there'll always be a need to mitigate some sort of risk. It might not be a risk that we know or understand today, yeah. but as time goes forward, um, these risks change. Yeah. So I think it'll always be good for, for business. Okay. Mm. There's that famous saying by John Keynes. Mm. What is it? That they're on life, they're not trade-offs there are no solutions only trade-offs mm. and then there's like my favorite one in cs which is moore's law of giveth javascript taketh away you know what <laughs> <I mean>? <laughs> <laughs> so let me flip the script on you on that same question right um especially in like western tier one or like g7 or g20 um economies over the last five years yeah we've seen almost most of them if not all of them um, seeing their birth rate drop between the replenish rate of two, yeah. right? So, okay, human longevity is great for short-term insurance. Don't get me wrong. I think that's great. And I, I think I'm going to agree with that for now. I'll call you in a week and tell you if I disagree. <laughs> yeah. But the next question I'd ask you then is, what does this model still work if we don't see replenishment of human beings being as aggressive as it currently is um, with like negative birth rates becoming a reality in major G seven and G twenty or tier one nations. I, I definitely do believe it does stand still because, you know, there's other emerging markets mm. who are seeing a steady increase in, in birth okay. rates, specifically on our continent. Yes, yes, we're and keeping it going. Yeah, we're keeping it going. <laughs> Domes for what, son? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're, Dumps for who, boy? Yeah, you're, you're gonna bring back some PTSD from Soul, Soul Buddies and Soul City. Hey, shout out to Soul Buddies Bruh. and Soul City, fam. That no, changed actually, the game. It changed the game. Actually, yeah, I was, I was and speak, user, user. Don't sleep yeah, and user, user, user. Actually, user. so I was. I don't mean to digress this. No, conversation, please digress as much as you want. I, I was having this conversation with a, a friend of mine, a black guy. Yeah. And we're just saying how sort of the content that was tailored towards young black kids when we were growing up in the yeah. let's say late '90s, early 2000s, Great. these shows that were for kids like yeah. Soul Buddies. Yeah. Um, you know, Soul City to some mm. extent, right? Mm. What what I real what I what I realize is that, you know, a lot of my white counterparts when they were growing up, they weren't sort of exposed to these shows that basically sort of indoctrinated that fear of like AIDS. HIV and AIDS wow. into you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So when I wow, and I, That's I, a really I, interesting I didn't point. realize that growing up. So now when I speak to a lot of my white friends about, yo, bro, you can't just be having unprotected sex, mm. like. There's, there's shit out there, you don't know what's gonna happen. For a lot of them, it's like YOLO. And at, for the longest time, I couldn't understand why they don't have that same fear that yeah. we have. Yeah. And I pinpointed it back to our childhood of, of those shows that really, remember that, that show Intersections? Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. in the season finale, like the HIV virus had a voice in the character. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> literally. <laughs> the FMBC was the craziest thing it in was, the 90s. Yeah. And they made such incredible shit yeah. before like, it just got gutted and robbed. Facts, by, like, yeah. Like, Daddy and his gang. Facts. Yeah. It's Laudi. Shout yeah. out Laudi. Shout out Laudi. <laughs> I met Laudi, by the way. Oh, really? Um, yeah, when I was doing Caesar's thing. Remember? Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Laudi, straight up and nasty, is the craziest human being I've ever met in my yeah, entire yeah. life. And that's really mean of me to say that, actually. I take that back. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Cloudy's got extreme mental health issues. Like, 
I've never met anyone like Cloudy in my entire life. Really? Like, no, like that dude is the most villainous human being I've ever met in my entire <laughs> life. He's such a mincy little villainous human being. Yeah. Like, and like, man, I'll tell you a crazy story. We're, we're about to interview Cloudy, and like, Cloudy's like, meet us at the Clips Town taxi rank, right? And we're like, okay, cool. It's like eight was, was, was this pre COO or post COO? Post COO. This is Cloudy okay. trying to become the president, Cloudy. Oh, damn, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, um, we go to meet him at Clipstown Police Station, at um, Taxi Rank. So we go, mm. get there. Cloudy's like, okay, shop, let's do this interview now. And like, just in a taxi rank, straight up. Wow. And, and we're setting up, trying to get set up. Was he there with goons? Gang, 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 <laughs> and gats. And gats for days, of course. Gats for days. <laughs> and you must imagine, always standard, like token darky, mean I'm there. Yeah. And it's like, everyone's like, so, Roy, dog, can you just like facilitate? And I'm like, of course, no, of course. Let me speak to the guy with the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and then like, he's like, nah, you know what? I'm not feeling clips on taxi rank for an interview. And everyone's like, yeah, motherfucker, of course you're not. Shit, this yeah, is a taxi yeah. yeah, yeah. So then the next one comes. And then he's like, meet us at this next location. Go at the next location. He's like, no, I'm not feeling it. Dude, like four locations later, we get to my Ponya Mall. Damn. He's like, shop, I'm going to Wimpy. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 wait, sorry. It wasn't even Wimpy. Well, some like, it was, it was like mug and bean or something, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, cool. So we get there and we're like, yo, can we shoot you? Then the angriest, most racist little tiny Indian man walks in and he's like, like just throwing like racial slurs at us. Yeah. Is he, is, do this. is he like the manager? Of yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. This news cafe in yeah. Laponia. And we were like, well, you guys said it. And he's just like, he's an N word this, he's an N word that. And I'm like, yo, yeah, this guy's a racist, Sam. Yeah. So then I was stuck in Laponia with Cloudy, right? Yeah. And Cloudy's like, okay, cool. You guys sort out a location. I'm going to go to Wimpy now. You know what I mean? So now we have to sort a location in Maponya. We fast. had no idea we were going to be here. Mm. And like, when you have to film a location, man, you have like a million and one different things going on. Yeah. Dude, like I go to the manager. Like I'm negotiating, negotiating, negotiating. Same like, dude. No, no, no. The manager of the mall. Oh, okay. Yeah. Negotiating, negotiating, negotiating. This guy's like, nah, fam. It's not going to happen here. Not at all. Damn. I, I go and tell Mr. Gat. Mr. Gat's like, let me come with you. Damn. <laughs> Mr. Gat, Wait, did you... they have an issue with people doing public interviews or did they have an issue that it was cloudy? No, it was the interview. Oh, okay. I think like they didn't believe it was cloudy. Oh, okay. And, yeah. and this dude rocks up, Mr. Gat. Yeah. And like the Gat's behind him now in the back of his Damn, pants. Yeah. I, then this palmer comes to the front. The front <laughs> as we walk in. Tla, 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 tla. <laughs> Yo, the manager! The manager was like, oh, you're with Saudi, no? And Mr. Gatz is like, yes, me and this palm off with Saudi. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he's Yo. like, no, Yazin, you can shoot. It's cool, dog. It's all good. Yeah. You do you, you do you. Do you, fam. And then we shot this interview with Saudi. Fam, you can go check it out on YouTube. I'll put a link in the show notes. It yeah. is the most incoherent shit you've ever heard in your entire life. Saudi is I, I definitely jets, have to watch it now. Like... Yo, I've never met anyone like Cloudy in my entire yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. Nah, One nah, thing nah. I have to give him credit for is his, his, his charisma. He's charismatic. Yeah, as hell. But at the same time, like, dysfunctional and incompetent as yeah, hell. You know? And true. I feel like that's like a hallmark of the Zuma era. Yeah, facts. Like, really great on the gram, really terrible everywhere else. Yeah, execution you know just yeah, doesn't connect. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like, you even see it with like a son now, like, I'm not president. It's like, with what constituency, fam? Yeah. Like, no one's thought this through. True, you know yeah. I mean? But like, also, I could eat my words. No, I'm probably not going to eat more. I'm going to limb there and say, yeah, I don't think anything's going to happen there. Yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> fun f- question. What's the one thing you, you, you can't insure, but you wish you could, as something that works in the insurance space? 
<laughs> Man, I was actually gonna. There was gonna be a joke. I was gonna say Isti, my dog. Yeah. <laughs> your pride, dog. You know that. You know those days you just take an L and your pride yeah. is just depleted, bro. But I mean, fam, isn't that the one thing you don't want to ensure? You just want to get anti-fragile. Nah, you, know you want to ensure that, bro. Have you ever been in a situation where like your your steam is co- is depleted, bro? Like, like every day, you what are you talking bro. Fam, I, I do like I used to do enterprise sales and like then I do B two C sales. Yeah, L's okay, so are you, like you my know. thing. Yeah, no, 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 like I'm addicted to L's. Like, yeah, that's my thing. But like, imagine you can get a payout every time you take a, you took an L. <laughs> then I would be a trillionaire. <laughs> yeah, you're right. yeah. <laughs> turn the L into a W. But yeah, that one no. was just, that one was just a joke. Um, if I was to think of something that I wish we insured. But we currently don't. Um, let me let me get back to you on that one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll think of okay. something. Uh, okay. Cool. 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 Um, okay. So let's talk about pineapple and, the, mm. and like the, your your guys' journey. So like you guys have been doing relatively well over the last few years. You're blowing up on the airwaves. You know things are looking from the outside really good. Mm. But what I always like to remember is like. Like, day, like like Jeff Bezos has that saying like day one you know like yeah. like the the early days you know yeah. I mean? so like you guys have quite a considerable staff complement now mm. for me at least you know what I mean like um, and um, you guys raise a whole bunch of capital and you know you've got a very interesting unique strategy what's what's what like to, to someone who's never got to this level of the game like what's the difference between like the early seed days to getting to like where you guys were like series B, C, right? Somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah, yeah like yeah. what is series C? Like, how does the game change? How do you have to change what you're chasing? You know, like, how do you have to change as a person as well? You don't have to change as a person. What you need to change are your systems. Okay. Yeah, and not just systems from a tech point of view, yeah. but systems in terms of processes and the Correct. company. You need to make sure that all your ducks are in a row because you must remember in the early days when it's just you know, you as a co-founder, there's maybe yeah. one or two people on the team. You're literally doing things haphazardly, uh, but you can as manage. Yeah, yeah, but you can manage because it's such a small team. Um, you know, you can call dudes up on the weekend and say, hey, listen, this just happened. I need you to hop onto X, Y, and mm-hmm. Z. Or if there's a task that somebody needs to do uh, and no one knows how to do it, you can just tell the dude, hey, you'll figure it out. I believe mm-hmm. in you. But the bigger you grow, especially as your staff complement grows, yeah, now there's people who... Like, and it's, it's the weirdest thing for me um, to still digest, but there's people who, you, when, they, when they come to the office, like, this, yeah. is, this is work for them, it's fun. Yeah. Like, there's no difference between, between them working here versus them working at, like, another company in terms Correct. of them perceiving it as a, as a job. Correct. And because of that, you need to make sure that your processes are in place because if you start allowing them to sort of do things without any sort of process or they have to figure things out for themselves, it really defeats their morale. Mm. And if somebody's morale is defeated, they're gonna look for another job. Yeah. Yeah. So you really And then turnover be, becomes a Exactly. Nightmare. So you, yeah. you, you become more and more uh, responsible for um, somebody's morale and you, you're responsible for making sure that the things are there for them to do that job mm. effectively. Yeah. And that's why I always circle back to processes and systems because there needs to be there needs to be order. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a there's a, a smaller appetite for for chaos, especially when it comes to a larger staff complement. Because also people, things can really get out of control. Exactly. Yeah. So that's yeah. the biggest change. Um, personally, as the individual, nothing much really changes. You just, I guess, you just get better at dealing with the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. You just yeah. know that okay, no, I've dealt with the unknown before, and I'll get through this as well. But 
yeah, the biggest change is just making sure that this, the systems and the processes are in place. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Let's talk culture. Yeah. Someone once said that like all startup culture is like just like the founder extended, you know, mm. there's three of you guys here. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure you guys are great guys. I think you're a great guy. Thank but you. there are a lot of things that I'm sure that you wouldn't want about your personality creeping into the business. Yeah. So, I mean, do you guys like actively manage culture or is it just one of those things that you kind of like observe from a distance and then try to correct as you go? No, so we actively manage it now. My yeah. man. Yeah, I we like actively that. manage it I like now. that And this day. is what comes with a, a larger yeah. staff um, yeah. complement. Yeah. You really need to make sure that everybody's on board and, yeah. you know, on the same ship. Correct. Uh, when it comes to, to culture. So okay. that's something that we're very intentional about. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we have, um, we have bi-weekly town hall meetings. Nice. Um, and basically use those as a vessel to sort of um, guide the culture in, in the company. Yeah, grievances, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Exactly, yeah. Interesting question or like thing that I've been like toying with or playing with or like mulling over a while is like, so I do a lot of work uh, in the aesthetic region, you know what I mean? Mm. And I'm jumping around a lot and I, I've got a sneaking like hypothesis and I say sneaking because it's creeping up on me very slowly yeah. and I don't know how to execute on it right now but I feel like South Africa's got like an incredibly huge arbitrage opportunity in terms of the quality of staff that we can train and develop here and the price that we can pay them yeah and like I look at like you know the, the the stereotypical relationship between like a south african company and like an indian dev house right yeah. and like i remember when i started in tech 2013 2012 mm. everyone was like don't hire local devs you know just outsource it to india everything will be fine mm. you know and as someone who has done that i can tell you that it's hard it's not just hard mm. it's like you should never if, if you can't do it locally, outsourcing is like impossible. Yeah, and the thing, I mean? that's the thing about outsourcing. You need to have very personal touch points throughout that whole journey. Yeah. I, I don't think a video call is enough. Knowing yeah, managing enough. The, no, yeah, no, no, no. And like, to manage that process. So, 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 so like, there was that. Mm. There was also like, don't get me wrong, like, okay, we've both got the English API, India and South Africa, right? Yeah. But like, we don't have the same, um, how do I say it? Like SDK, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> you, that's a brilliant way you put it. Yeah. I mean, I've got to do it for the real ones. So like, so like, don't get me wrong, I love India. It's one yeah. of my favorite countries in the world to visit. And like, I love the Indian accent. It's my, one of my favorite accents in the world. Yeah. And like, I love hanging out with Indian people and waxing lyrical and talking shit. Also because like, my, like every time I look over to India, I'm just like, yo, this is Africa at scale, fam. Yeah. It's just oh, you've, you've been there before. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you got to go. In fact, I you got to go, go. Try going towards go. the end of the year or... The, just try, try find out when the Mumbai Metro goes live. Yeah. Because when that happens, it's going to be a game changer. Because mm. like, I remember like being in India in 2019. Mm. I'm hanging out with these two engineers. Which, which part of India, by the way? Uh, so I was in Goa and yeah. I was in Mumbai. Okay. Primarily. Yeah. 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 And I heard Goa is beautiful. App. Yeah. Ah, no. The Eastern Cape is beautiful. Because <laughs> I mean, like, I think the problem with South Yo. Africans is that we always tell ourselves like everything else is better than our shit. Yeah. And then like you go to other parts of the world and you're like, so this is the best. And everyone's like, isn't it great? And you're yeah, like, it's mid. Ah, my man, ah, this is just like Pondo land. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like we can do better. Yeah. So like don't sleep on the South Africa's abundant like natural beauty and yeah, like also right. air quality. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yo fam, I know Eskom's one of the great polluters of our generation. But South Africa's air is nah, but I yeah. compared to other parts Tastes of the world. Tastes different. Whoa fam, like, no, like rural South Africa, 
like that is like breathing like god's air you know what i mean like whereas like even like in real india i was like you can see the sits in the sky you know what i mean um so like south africa of course does have similar sdk towards like other markets like you know the us and the uk and like i was in london recently and i was just saying to this one dude who's having like an issue with like his call center and we're talking shit and i was like oh you should just outsource that south africa you yeah know what i mean and he was like no i don't know i don't know i was like your fam i'm looking at the salaries you're paying in london you know if you like take 50 percent away of that and take a south africa you can get like super high quality people you know yeah. what I mean? so you know I, I've, I've looked at that as like South Africa in no way, in any way, shape, form, or manner is, like, exploiting that, like, yeah. correctly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's, there needs to be an almost, like... Like, the Philippines have th- this, like, really unhealthy relationship with uh, remittance work and... No, remittance and, like, um, overseas workers. Yeah. You know, so, like, I can't remember reading it, and I'm going to mess this stat up, so please, no one quote me on this, but, like, it was something like 30% of the... Or, like, it, was, it wasn't... It was a significant amount, like, 15 to 20% of the Filipino... The Philippines' GDP comes from remittance essentially yeah. right yeah. but you know i'm saying like south africa doesn't see even like we know i'm not talking about like you know sending people to be maids or to do like menial work in you know other parts of the world i'm talking about like relatively basic knowledge work yeah. that we have you know an abundant number of people to do and like i, I know like if, if like the south african government like stopped being a child and like you know stopped having a very psychopathic foreign policy in the static region there are literally hundreds and thousands of zimbabweans right now who i would hire in a heartbeat because yeah. every single time i go to harari i'm like how are you so like capable yeah and like you're earning like ten thousand rand a month yeah in south africa you'd be earning like 50 50 yeah. you know what i mean yeah and then like of course like it's this very arbitrary thing called like a piece of paper yeah and like i always say that like like it always blows my mind that ndebele is even like like why like like why on god's name does like can how can you justify Ndebele people not being south african but zulu people being south african yes when they came from the same origins not even that yeah. but like mina i thought yo Ndebele is deep bro i can't speak this language go to pull away you can understand them 100% but no not even understand it fam there was like like i didn't even have to try yeah. it was like a joke i was yeah. like but this is the same thing and they were like yeah exactly and but like, it, it goes back to what i said about us originating from the zulu people correct when yeah. ziligazi and shaga had a quarrel and basically yeah. went their separate ways Fam. and then ziligazi and co just kept going up north and then eventually they entered mashona land and then but i'm saying like said, like kiss my ass dog yeah like, that, so that cannot be a, a real thing it can't be a real thing exactly yeah like like yeah. like it always blows my mind when i'm dealing with like people from Zimbabwe who are mm. like in South Africa illegally mm. and like I'm always like but wait a second how are you illegal yeah you know what I mean like how is this illegal mm. in any capacity whatsoever like yeah. why do we create this like extremely mean-spirited system of like traversing our borders for these people who in no way are like I wouldn't even say like not even benefit it's just like it's such an awful thing to experience mm. but like you're like oh it's fine like because we need to protect our borders and it's like but we're not protecting our borders and yeah. it's like cool and it's like but people mustn't be able to come and go but people do come and go people yeah and it's like but at the same time like why not just take the fence away mm. let this happen right like bullet train Harare to Johannesburg just let that happen mm. and like let commerce like manifest itself because I'm, I, I have a very specific uh, attitude and philosophy towards this, but like, 
I, 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 I don't think European borders that were formed in like the 20th and 18th century, 19th mm-hmm. century, should be applied by African states to this yeah. day. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested of where you got your views from, specifically as a South African. So as, as, as somebody who's Zimbabwean born myself, yeah. typically a lot of um, South Africans have the attitude of, you know, like, you know, tutula, like you almost dip, you almost go. I'm, I'm keen to find out where, like what influenced your views on this, on this specific topic? My fucking eyes, like what do you mean? <laughs> like it's just logical, like yeah. it makes no sense whatsoever. Like, like no, like you, you got to take a step back sometimes and like remember that you're hallucinating 99% of this, Facts, right? Yeah. Okay, like never forget that, right? Mm. And like... It's a story that you told yourself in your head. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what 99% of life is. Literally. Yeah. So then like, that's the first thing. Part two, human suffering is not a necessity. Yeah. Right? Mm. Right? Part three, I'm a big believer in human potential. Right? Yeah. So Mina, I'm not like the type of person to be like, oh, Sban Sbani is like dumb and like we can't use it. I'm like, yeah. no, we need to find a better way to deploy Sban yeah. Sbani. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like some people... I don't have a solution for. Mm. But the gross majority of people, I'm like, no man, come on, like, let's mix it let's up. Pa- come, yeah. let's, like, let's try something different, right? Yeah. And then, to make matters worse, I'm a pan-Africanist, yeah. right? So like, I don't see economic prosperity and provenance occurring. Take that back, I don't actually know what that word provenance means, I just read it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got it right in that context. Occurring without some form of single market economy within not even just like the whole continent, but within regions, right? Yeah. So like, cool, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, Namibia, Botswana, Angola, let's say Zambia and Tanzania, mm. right? In South Africa, one single market. Now, MTN become a, can become like a billion dollar organization because yeah. they can spread across into this 250 million strong you know, market, yeah. right? I, as a developer, can go, shit, fam, there's a really lucrative piece of property sitting smack bang in the middle of name country that would make a great site for a city, you know, or like a town. Like, there's all these different opportunities we get to enable, right? Like, imagine America was 52 countries. There would be the most ghetto 52 countries on planet Earth, with, like, New York being the only one that's, like, doing well, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, the idea of, like, upholding these European borders, to me, seems psychopathic because... It's so suicidal for us as a country. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, it doesn't make any sense for us to keep this idea going. Yeah. And like... Um, don't, don't you think that if we're going to go down that, that, that road, <clears throat> there has to be at least some sort of economic unity b- between the states that want to merge? Fab, so that, that's just like step one. That's just yeah. step one. Like, that's, that's my number one goal. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know As in each goal. respective state has to basically hits a certain level of economic productivity and economic stability ah. beforehand. Because what you might end up having is people flocking to the, the cash car economy. And what's wrong with that? I mean, that might cause a lot of issues. Like what issues? Overpopulation. Like, oh, um, wow, overpopulation. Over, of like South Africa's empty, dog. Like, <laughs> go look at our country. There's no overpop- overpopulation in specific in the areas. Metros, in the metros, that's yes. why I say that. And yeah. where, what's the issue with that overpopulation? Is that we have an urban sprawl with yeah. bad public transport infrastructure. You fix the public transport infrastructure, you can, you can put 25 million people in Joburg tomorrow. Mm. Like, easy fam. I've been to Shanghai, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've seen it. Mm. Like, I don't buy these arguments anymore. Because mm. at the end of the day, it speaks back to like, 
I don't know, dude. Like, there's something weird that happened to our parents' generation. Yeah. I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, no, you must play as many devils as you want, babes. Man, I'm a United supporter. So I know the devil. I'm <laughs> like, I don't support devil. United. I don't support United at all. Like, fuck United and anyone who loves them. You know what I'm saying? I know the Yeah, devil. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. What I mean by that is that, like, for me, there's something really strange about the Mandela class. Yeah. And not Nelson Mandela specifically, but the Mandela class. And I'm writing a book about this right now. It's like, I get it. You guys went through some of the most extreme trauma in human history, right? Yeah. Like, apartheid was super intense. And a lot of you ended up, like, getting, like, I've got an uncle who got tortured by, Jeez. like, security, like, cops. Like, my dad, like, got fucked up by security cops, like, on a Wednesday, you know, like, just for free. Uncles who ran into exile. Like, I get it. Yeah. Like, when 1994 <clears throat> happened and it was, like, it's over, I get it. You just wanted to chill and relax. Yeah. But, like, how come no one wanted to go further? How come no one is like, yo, why don't we want to become, why don't, instead of trying to become the best in SADC or the best in Africa, why don't we go for number one on planet Earth? Yeah. Do you know what I'm I saying? You, yeah. And like, because when you want to be number one on planet Earth, what that does is it changes the goalposts altogether, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's like, it's like, it's like uh, I can't remember, one of these startup wankers always said that like, always remember that you need to make sure your ambition is big enough for your idea. Yeah. Because if you're trying to build like a $1 million company, you're going to make $1 million decisions. But if you're trying to make a billion dollar company, you have to make billion dollar decisions, yeah. you know? And as someone who's played in the logistics space against Uber specifically, yeah. and worked with people who worked at Uber, yeah. the one big takeaway I got from that was, like Uber always planned to be like an enormous company. So they made really interesting decisions that I don't agree with, but in terms of like the the scaling infrastructure that they created that made it super easy. And I'm just saying like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like we have so many opportunities and so many resources within this region that with just grade five organization, we could triple the size of the economy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the problem is like, okay, and this then gets my questions, but like, yo, like we were talking about this at the last Founder Circle, and this is like a super contentious statement, but I'm yeah. gonna say this it. This was last week Thursday, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. it was great. I'll, yeah. I'll send you the audio. Because of the failure of the Zuma administration to continue the Mbeki administration's public transport push, yeah. specifically um, bullet trains, um, uh, across the country, right? Yeah. Because Mbeki, Mbeki gave us the bullet train, right? Yeah. It wasn't Zuma. Zuma just, it was there when it came to yeah. power, right? You're talking about the, the Khao train. Specifically. Yeah. There's there's a parallel universe where South Africa builds the Khao train that goes from Joburg to Maritzburg to Durban. Yeah. And that Khao train or that bullet train that does that essentially dismantles the luxury goods industry in this country altogether. Mm. Explain. So, well, Okay, and I'm going to say luxury goods include clothing and to vehicles. include vehicles as yeah. well, right? Because here's the thing, right? Mm. It's like my white friends that yeah. I grew up with. Like, yo, those white dudes in the 80s and 70s, they were like about leisure. Like, white guys were like, yo, I want to get a house in Southbrook. Like, all these small, shitty coastal towns, you know, yeah. they were like, I want a house in the bar. Because, like, literally property was free in those days because of sanctions and our market and our economy was very insular, you know what I mean? Mm. And... Because they had cars, they were like, ah, fuck it. Like, we can just travel wherever we want. And that was our public transport. Actually, our public transport is the N1. And shout out to the N1. That's yeah. like the M1. It's the greatest piece of, like, innovation in South African history, in my opinion, personally. Mm. But, like, when I look at the parallels between those dudes and my young black friends that are growing up now, the impetus and the desire to flex with some things like, things like luxury goods, because it's so huge as a consequence of not having 
any kind of luxury good that they can purchase that is much more economic beneficial in the long term. Mm. That capital that would have gone to like a beach house in some new <coughs> shitty coastal town in, off the coast of like uh, Durban, you know yeah. what I mean? That like is just being built now because developers see an opportunity. Yeah. So it's like, okay, cool. I've got 50,000 Rand, right? I can either dedicate that 50,000 Rand to my like bond for like parts of this beach house and like yeah. upkeep and so on and so forth. And then like a, re- re- like a reasonable car here. Yeah. Or I'm like, Fuck it, X5, Baba. That's in Bonis. All of you. But name it. I'm the man. It's me. That's it. Like, nigga, it's time to see how I two step, right? So, at the end of the day, capital is like a gas, right? If you don't give it places to go, it'll just build up in certain places that it shouldn't. Take that back. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I was going to jump in there. Take that back. Or rather, what I'm trying to say is that, like, if you give people a more diversified opportunity to distribute capital with more leisure, they will choose that over like um, they will. There's a high likelihood of them choosing that over like. I still disagree good. with that because I think if you're somebody who has access to 50k, 100k, we can we can make certain assumptions about you and sort of how learned you are and how aware you are of the opportunity cost of spending money in one way as opposed to the, the other. So, for instance, if you okay. if you've got disposable income of 50 to 100k, we can only assume. Okay, how did let's let's rewind then. Let's yeah. bring it down. Let's bring it lower. Let's say like 30 to 60 then. Yeah, still um, thirty to sixty. Okay, but thirty. Let's say yeah, thirty. Disposable, right? Yeah. I think it's fair to assume you're in some sort of industry, or you have access to people who are in an, who are in, in an industry whereby you know how to multiply capital. You have a vague idea of investments and how yeah. to get returns off of your money. So at thirty. Yeah, thirty disposable. Okay. When I say disposable, as in you can literally spend it on whatever. Yeah. Like it's literally just chilling there to be spent. Okay. Like you have no. Okay. Yes. Then I agree with you. Then yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. let me let me rather say like um just. So you're not earning thirty k a month. No, you're not earning thirty k. Okay. You have thirty k disposable. Okay. Like yeah, you can just yeah. do with, with it whatever. Yeah. If that individual chooses to go spend it on some bottles of Azul, yeah. Versus multiplying it, I like you ha- they have to take accountability for their actions and I however okay okay fine i, I, I agree with you i, I agree with you i agree with you however i'm saying it's friday night right mm. okay we're at work and you're like yo why don't we go to this really great party happening in a place that has 25 degrees weather tonight right mm. um and on top of that too it's like really cheap and on top of that too like um well, Durban rocks. So, like, there's very great potential mates there, right? Yeah. And you're like, shut. It's going to take us six hours to drive there. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going home. Kiss my ass. Like, that's crazy. I'm not doing that. I'm going to go yeah. home, right? Yeah. Or I'm going to go to the club. <clears throat> but if it's like, let's do that, and it's a three-hour train ride, and it's like a vibe, because we're going to be there for the weekend, yeah. right? Or we're going to go back tomorrow morning, right? So, yeah. like, okay, we're going to go to Durban for the night. It's 4 p.m. on a Friday. We get there at 7, get an Uber into the, the city or into the club. Nah, 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 nah. 5 a.m., we get back on the train, and we're back to Joburg. Mm. That is a luxury good in itself, right? And the problem is, is that, and I see with black dudes, especially in Joburg, guys will call me and be like, yo, we're going to, like, KZN, Keith. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, why? And it's yeah. like, because I don't want to be driving on, like, the most dangerous road in South Africa. Yeah. And it's like, ah, no, it's fine, my man, don't worry. We've got, like, the X5, we'll be quick. And I'm yeah. like, that's why people die yeah. because they all say the same thing as you yeah. and it's like okay whatever loser and then they go and now the problem is that just that trip is so intense yeah. that by the time they get to Durban right now it's like 3 they left they get there at 9pm right guys are like gassed they're tired like they go out to the club and you know whatever but like it's such a hack to get back now because yeah. it's like uh, whereas in the train scenario it's like 
yo, Dementia is not feeling this club. I'm going home. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. go to the station. Like, you don't have to get the rest of the crew. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that, what that means then as well is that from a leisure perspective, yo, I can't afford to have a great house in Joburg because let's say Joburg property isn't great. Whatever. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. But what I can do is live in a relatively crappy house in Joburg, right? Mm-hmm. But then have a bomb-ass house in Maritzburg because the opportunity of land is so cheap there mm. that at the end of the day, like, ah, if we go to Maritzburg, we can all get a six-story house, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, the, the property is so cheap, yeah. right? And that, in turn, stimulates that local economy. So I'm like, cool, I work in Joburg, but I live yeah. in Maritzburg. So during the week, I stay in a one-bedroom flat and, like, somewhere in, near Sanson. Mm. But on the weekends, I live this high-leisure lifestyle. Yeah. Look, I... I, I, I I see where you're, what, where you're going with it. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I still don't agree um, with it fully. But I, I, I appreciate your view. Well, I mean, it, 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 my last argument then would be like, think about how much it would stimulate the German economy, which is like just taking the biggest L repeatedly over yeah. and over again. No, no, yeah, it, it definitely will stimulate the, the German economy. Dramatically. Yeah. And then it could also make Durban a livable city for ambitious people. Yeah. Whereas right now, Durban is not livable if you're ambitious. It's yeah. like as simple as that. But I, I still disagree with how that sort of infrastructure, that bullet chain infrastructure between Joburg and Durban will result in the changed behavior in how... No, like, no, no, like no, 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 no. Fine, fine, fine. Yeah. Okay, not exclusively. But what yeah. I'm trying to say is that, like, you won't see perverted uses of capital, right? Like, my favorite thing in the world is, like, you know, the brand... I'd even argue you might even see more because uh, now there's more people to stunts in front of. If you can go from Conca to... What's a big club in KZN, like, the most popping club there? Don't care. Yeah. yeah like, don't even the, know. Yeah, there's some vibe there that... If you can go have a bender starting Friday night Conca, Saturday you hop into a train... You go groove. Okay, fine, fine. Salah, 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 10,000 Rand gets blown this weekend. Yeah? Mm. Where is that thing distributed? It's not being distributed at Life Grand Cafe anymore, right? It's being True. distributed at yeah. the okay. train, da da da. There's a higher distribution of capital. Yeah. But right now, in Joburg, you see it. Yeah. Like, like my, the weirdest thing in the world I love to do is go up to like hyper masculine, hyper straight black dudes wearing D squared. Yeah. And be like, yo, you know, D-squared started by two gay dudes. And they're like, oh, young nigga. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, they're just a stubborn like me. Yeah. And they're like, no, like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, but how do you not know this if you bought this 3,000 rand shirt or 4,000 yeah. rand shirt? Yeah. And the answer is always the same. Like, much you do, we're wearing yeah. Niggas are wearing them. So, like, so it's, it's the so brand, it's right? Yeah. And, like, the amount of times, I, like, I look at people and I'm like, you don't even know that you don't know, yeah. right? And on top of that, too, like, like, dude, like I had this, this one friend of mine I went to school with. I saw him the other day, and he was at, like, the, the fishmonger or there's, like, some... Rosebank. No, 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 in, in Midrand, in Waterfall. Yeah. Uh, it's, like, fishmonger or something. It's, like, Codfather, Codfather. Codfather yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these guys had a bill for, like, 250K. What? No, no, no. Like, they were just getting... What are you control. eating to run up a bill No, it's bottles. It's just bottles. It's just bottles. Yeah. It's just bottles. And I was like, but like, this sucks. Yeah. This is Midran. Midran's dry and hot. For that, for that, I mean, if you really want to blow to 50K and I mean, just get rid of it, just go overseas, like, see the world. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The difference between not having a bullet train and having a bullet train is. Like, a friend of mine said it brilliant the other day. He said, the shittiest thing about corruption in this country, it's not that it's like necessarily exclusively like robbing the most vulnerable in our society. Mm-hmm. It's also like denying us a lot of cool shit. Yeah. That like public works can yeah, like Yeah, facts. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, spot on there. And like, that's the shittiest part about it all. Yeah. It's because like, 
we're still talking guys who have a shit ton of disposable income. Mm. What about like people who just want to see the country? Just, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like I took like a friend of mine, like, oh, a friend of mine the other day, wonderful guy, um, he's a queer guy and hates the bush. Mm. You know what I mean? Hates, hates, hates the bush. Scheme. Like now this G is going to the bush like twice a year. Yeah, because he loves it now. But I kind of like, what happened to you that you'd be like, you know. He just had to experience it. Yeah, but he yeah. couldn't experience it growing was, up because yeah. he grew up too poor. Yeah. Right? And then the only opportunity he did get, like, he'd get this attack, he like, goes to Durban. Yeah. It's not like Sinyana that goes to the, like, you know, the Kruger that, like, has a low income, like, you know, yeah. like, practical, like, you know, usage of it. Like, yeah. it's almost like, it's almost like the less our public transport infrastructure improves, the more it just benefits the wealthy. Because, mm. like, if you've been to Drakensberg, that shit is like heaven on earth. Yeah. Because I've never no been. one can get there. No, yeah. So it maintains those pockets of exclusivity. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's why okay. I'm saying like, there's such a dramatic effect you get from good public transport infrastructure yeah. that just like that one last hit. Because there was one last like joint, you know, going around. The first joint was the car train. Mm. The next joint was, it's, it's like that line. It's Durban to Joburg. That's yeah. all you need to do. That one last hit. If we had, had taken that hit with Zuma in power, you could keep eroding. But like, there's still economic activity that makes us interesting. Because if yeah. I'm a guy in Durban, I'm like, you know my businesses? My businesses, I take rich Joburgers around Durban. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know my businesses? I like do some kind of auxiliary skill. You know, And like what you're seeing right now, which is terrifying and also depressing is People from KZ and people from our own country get treated like migrant laborers yeah. because their economies are literally collapsing underneath them mm. and they have to run away from Durban to Joburg. Yeah. And then they're like, Zimbabweans, let's get out of here. And I'm like, he's a Zulu. You're a Zulu. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, please, can we stop this? Yeah. Like, it, it drives me insane when I think about it. Like, like take the L, South Africa. Come, mm. let's just open up our borders. Let's take some L's. It's fine. But we're going to attract really brilliant, smart people Mm. And those people will come here and they will create value in our economy. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, you see with our universities, it's psychopathic in my mind. Like, like universities and like in this country want to create a limitation on the number of uh, international students we have here. Mm. And I'm like, yo fam, I read a crazy stat the other day. Nigeria, every single year, sends close to $100 million or something crazy like that to the United States yeah. just on university crazy. Like, revenue. Yeah. Fam, if we can just get an agency to say come let's go market the shit out of UCT and VITS to Nigerians and like West Africans to say this is the place to you know be Mm. we've really got the infrastructure in place we've really got the universities like kick this shit to the curb and be like hey guys here's a better way to make money for this country to fund future universities like South Africa should be the university hub of Africa it should be yeah like what's stopping us shitty foreign policy (laughs) that's what's stopping us and always sit there going but how can no one? How can no one else can see this? Mm. And then I remember that like problem with government is the incentive problem. Yeah, the incentive is to get paid with doing reverse incentives. Exactly. Yeah. And the guys in government <laughs> are like, no, thanks, Roy. I really appreciate these thoughts. We're going to Life Grand Cafe now <laughs> <laughs> because no one wants to hear your boohoo sad story when Africa is a great country. No, I want a G wagon. I want a girl with a big ass. Mm. I want another girl with a big ass. And I want a house in Midran, and I want to go on holiday to places that look good on Instagram. Yeah. But like, this is an extractionary play. This is not a 
creationary play. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, it fucks me up, dude. Yeah. Like, that shit like makes me cry at night, seriously. Because yeah. I'm like... I, I think the, the even more tragic part about it is that it's starting to shape the ambitions of the younger generation. What do you mean starting like, to shape? It, Nigga, it is the ambition. You speak, you speak to young black dudes now and, you know, for them, it's not necessarily a thing of, okay, where can I create value? But it's a thing of, okay, how can I eat? Exactly. Like, where's, where's the next comer? Yeah. You know, and it's, it's tragic, you know. It's, it really breaks my heart. Nah, because, dude. Yes, yeah, so it's a very limited and short-term way of looking at life. I've got a hot take for you. Yeah. Nice hot take. Economic, you can track South Africa's economic opportunities. Accord, um, economic, um, wait. You can track South Africa's um, economic progress slash um, competitivity on a global scale with our football competitivity. And they track very brilliantly. Mm. So 1996, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. banging, we're, right? We're, yeah. But we're also globally competitive yeah. in a lot of different ways. Yeah. All the way to 2010, we almost get out of our group stages. Mm. That is the peak That's of South peak. African football, yeah. right? And so in this era. And from there, we haven't made it back to a single World Cup. Yeah. And, like and what's even funny is that, uh, going with your analogy, um, even comparing us to general other African states. I found we're like getting L's, L's, L's for days. And it's L's. like... Like, I always remind myself, like, like, there was a part of me that's like, yo, we should just be importing Congolese dudes to come play for us. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, we have, like, we have, like, an abundance of niggas who can play soccer in yeah. this country. Like, we have literal army levels worth of people who can play football in this country. Yeah. But once again, the incentives, like, SAFA is a deeply corrupt organization. Mm. And when Zuma came into power, they were like, can we do this at scale? And he was like, ah, oh, fab, we'll even mm. give you stadiums. Yeah. And they were like, <laughs> Say great. This. Exactly, great. Mm. And since then, like, and then, like, the perverted incentives that come from massive sponsors and the Orlando Chiefs, Orlando Pirates and Kaiser Chiefs complex. Did I say Orlando Pirates? Yeah, Orlando Pirates, Kaiser Chiefs complex. So, 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 so just a quick one on that one. What is the number one incentive for you as the CEO of Kaiser Chiefs? Make money. Okay. Yeah, it's What's not, the it's easiest not... way to make money? As, a, as a sponsorships. Um, exactly. Yeah. So now, you're Kaiser Chiefs. What's more important, winning the league or no. getting that Vodacom money yeah. and that black label money? Yeah. It's that. Mm. So what ends up happening? Vodacom and MTN, lazy motherfuckers, were like, yo, we need to like target blacks. Right? Uh, and okay. And it's like, cool. We don't want to actually go out of the way to do the hard work of like doing the market research and doing it, mm. right? So we're like, okay, we're going to treat blacks as this one homogenous thing. Spray and, and like, pray. Spray and pray on the PSL. And the yeah. shit works. Yeah. Black label, the shit works, right? But the perverted incentive of that is that, like, now the PSL is not competitive. Facts. Right? Mm. And what does that mean? That means Bafana Bafana is not competitive. Yeah. So it's like, effect. there's a really weird, like, spookiness towards, like, how our football being bad and our economy being bad are the same Same thing. WhatsApp group, yeah. Exactly. And, like, I, when I first saw this, I was like, that is bullshit. That doesn't hold. And I've been interrogating and interrogating, and I'm like, it's like this, it's beautiful. Yeah. You can see it. You know what I'm saying? And, like, it's ridiculous how consistent it is. You yeah. Know? To wrap it up, just a few quick fire questions mm. um, I'll hit you with that will make, uh, just to wrap this up. Um, how do you think crime and education would be affected if, you're, if we had authentically vibrant African uniforms in schools and in the police? Crime and? Education. So in other words, you don't go to school with the apartheid kit, yeah. you go to school with like Wakanda kit. So funny enough, I'll even sort of take that one step further. Go. I think that it should be compulsory that from grade, actually from grade zero, up until matric, 
uh, Guni language or any language of choice, African la- so African language is compulsory. In fact, I'd even say Zulu because that's the most widely spoken yeah. language. Zulu is the most scalable language in yeah, this country. Yes, the most scalable language in this country. I suggest that Zulu be compulsory yes. from grade zero up until matric. Correct, yeah. I think that will go even further to reducing crime and improving education because yeah. now you have much better social cohesion. Correct. Um, different race groups are no longer making assumptions of one another. Correct. And, you know, just as a funny play, if I, as Jonathan, a white guy, I'm getting robbed by, you know, uh, let's say a black guy. Yeah. And, you know, I'm speaking Zulu to him, like, hey, shto, please. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, like, you'll, you'll get out of that it situation. It changes the game. Altogether. So, that's, I mean, that's just a joke um, example, but I yeah. do believe that if we sort of get to a point where everybody knows to some degree uh, Zulu, yeah. and you break down those barriers of assumptions, it'll change the game completely. So, I don't think it's a, a, a uniform thing, but rather a linguistics thing. I mean, I think for me, the uniform thing is just like, as a kid mm. who grew up with apartheid uniform, like I wore khakis and yeah. like long socks, which is like literally apartheid uniform. Yeah. I hated that so much. Yeah. Like it was the worst experience of my life. So whereas like, I went to an ex-partner of mine, her mm. daughter, they had like a fun African day and they made it like a consistent thing and then they had an African week. Yeah. And they ended up having these like weeks where kids would come to school in the same kit every single day. African regalia. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember picking up the daughter, the one like day, mm-hmm. and she was like, fam, come back at five. <laughs> and I was like, no, like, you know, I'm not coming back at five. Yeah. Like, you need to come back at five. And I was like, why don't you come back at five? I was like, I we're drawing here. <laughs> and I was like, what do you she mean? She was having and too like, much fun. Yeah, and I got out of the car and I was like, yo, there's a party happening here. And I was like, but fam, I picked up like two weeks ago and like there was no party. You like ran yeah. into the car. She's like, yeah. oh, this is African week. And I'm like, what does that mean? And she was like, and I saw it and I was like, these kids responded to education fundamentally differently because yeah. of their, their clothing. And but I you must like, remember also that changing uniform, like, I mean, there's schools that can afford to do that, but, you know, schools, they look sheen, don't really have that no, luxury. No, no, but, no. But, but remember, like, the, the infrastructure that creates the, the pep shirts that these kids have to wear, mm. right? If you just change that, because it's, it's just, it's input-output, right? Let me, let me challenge your, okay. your theory. Come, um, challenge. Yeah, come, so come. how, as somebody, Gokasi, right? Yeah. Just because my uniform has changed, how will that better my economic opportunities? Whereas if I think, if I say Zulu should be compulsory, that means if myself from a school at Kasi, I get to interact with like a, a CEO or COO. We have and the same I, language. And I can language. speak to yeah, him in my home language yeah, yeah. and actually tell him, I can, I can actually put my best foot forward. I think that has a much better opportunity of Oh, but I mean, at the same time, situation. you can have both, right? Mm. And the, the, which is, the, which is the, the easiest to roll out though? Would you say? Language. Yeah. No, actually, maybe uniform. I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. It's a tough one. I think, like, the, 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 the issue for me is, like, a more African educational experience would yeah. just be better for this country as a whole because European curriculums are so alienating. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. So, that, so like, for me, like, small things like the cops, for instance, wearing African uniforms mm. would change my attitude towards the cops. Because I'd yeah. be like, what up, brother? Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> Looking good. Drip, 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 yeah. drip. Okay. Next one. Who's the, is there a person, is there, who's the person you admire the least? Like on this earth? Yeah. The person that I admire the least, sheesh, I've actually never thought about this. For me, it's Kevin Durant and we can talk about that later. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, I, I would say Mikhail Ateta, I'm an Arsenal fan, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, no, he, he got he got to go. Yo, he got to go. But I mean, like, I feel like you got so much PTSD from being an Arsenal fan, dude. Yeah, like, I was an Arsenal fan back in the day. Yeah, and like, so you you know the struggle, fam. I know top four life and yeah. never never winning anything. Two thousand six. When we lost to Barca in the final, that, that was pain. Me. Yeah, that killed me. Yeah. That, and that was it. If we had beat Barca, we would be we would be what like Liverpool is today. Yeah, hundred percent. But like and like that's a weird thing about finals. Anyway, um, what's a book you didn't enjoy? However, had a lasting impression on you. Um, I think the I think it's called The Alchemist. Mm-hmm. So I read it uh, just because a lot of people were saying you should read Coelho, it. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was like the message behind it is really dope. Yeah. But I think the the way it was written. Um, the style that was written in it's very um, I think it's very safe mm, yeah it's mm, very safe yeah. it's, it's, it's very it's very it's, top 40 pop yes yes microwave very, very, yeah. very bubblegum yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. it's got Instagram um, filters yeah, yeah. okay um, last question what do you consider magical even though you know it's not for me that's like an opera singer or like uh, ice cream no for me it's definitely coding the 100% yeah. is coding yeah, yeah. especially like now that I know what goes into coding, yeah. Um, when I look at apps like Instagram, like, and you just swipe through and you just immerse yourself in the experience, the infinite scroll, and you know exactly what it took, what it takes to yeah. get a product to that level of performance. Like that's magic for me. I watch. I, I really believe like the guys who build apps like Instagram, TikTok, and the way they're able to manage such high volumes of traffic but still deliver a seamless experience for the end user, time yeah. after time. For me, that's magic, bro. Like that's the that's the just thinking about it. Like I, I, I get emotional because you have to be coding at such a high level to achieve that consistently. So that for me, coding is magic. There's a documentary I watched on a, on a compilers the other mm. day, mm. and like this guy talks about how to build a compiler and like what it takes. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, it's it's crazy, bro. No, no, that that. So coding, I can't agree. I can't I can't uh, access what you can access at that level. So mm. I, it's not magic. When I learned about how a compiler gets built and what goes into it, mm. I was like, kind of, this is the Matrix, man. <laughs> <laughs> this I was is like, it. yo. Where's I was Leo? Like, I was like, yo, this is deep, bro. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, like those apps like, like like TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, these apps are... The Super consumer they, apps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, like the way that they can manage such a high level of traffic, but just keep on delivering yeah. a seamless experience. Like, it's crazy. Do you remember the early days of Twitter when it would just fall over? Yeah. And, then you, and people would be like, this is bullshit, you're, man. You're, you don't have more code. The, the picture yeah. of the whale yeah, with, like, yeah, the birds yeah, carrying yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, now as an adult, I'm like, yo, wow, you guys, like, scaled that. Like, the, the whale's gone now. Yeah, the whale is so gone, insane, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, Facebook didn't even have a whale to start off mm. with, which, like, I know a lot of people, like, talk shit about Mark Zuckerberg, but shout out to Zuck. Yeah. Like, no, they really had the... The, the shit together. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I like I, I strive to reach that level one day. Yeah. But, um, yeah corporate corp, corp, vehicle production is another one for me. Yeah, vehicle production. The fact that I've never dealt with a bad like a dysfunctional like problematic car. Yeah. And somebody's got a little bit of a background in hardware. Mm. I'm like, wow, that's incredible. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. they just work. Dude, 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 dude. Okay, last one, and this like actually the last one. Um, how do you think your education and education as a whole in South Africa would change? if we taught Zulu in an African writing script. When you say African writing script, what it's do you be, mean? It's a bit, it's a African writing script that is designed for Zulu. So it's not mm. Roman. So in Zulu uh, right now, we write okay. Ngabong, it's N-G-I. Yeah, right? okay. This, the N-G-I is like a triangle. Okay, and then there's an okay, L I next see. to it. And then there's another one. And like, like I'll, I'll, I'll send you some stuff, right? It's a bit, it's yeah. like fucking amazing. And like, I love it. It's very black hipster bullshit. Yeah. But at the same time, 
I'm learning how to read Isipek, Zulu in Isipek, and it's like fucking. In that case, I, I, think, I, think, I think, me personally, I think I'll be operating at an even higher level. No, like the level you wouldn't even understand. Yeah, in everything yeah. else that I do. Yeah. Because from what I understand of what you've just said about, you said it's, it's called Isibek. I think so, yeah. 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 I'll, I'll put in the show links. Yeah. yeah, to be able to comprehend something as sort of abstract as that, no other concepts will be difficult for you. No, 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 dude. And not even that, but it's also like, I've got a Korean friend mm. um, and she moved to South Africa when she was like 16. And the first thing that blew her mind the most was she had, she met she was trying to learn Setswana. Yeah. And she went to a Setswana teacher and they were learning and learning and she was like, No, no, I want the real Setswana. Yeah. And she's just like, This is, this is she's it. like this language can't be written in this text though. Yeah. She's like, Why? It's like this is a European text. Yeah. And I was like the teacher was like, No, but it's just, you know But also just think about like the cognitive abilities that that does for you. So for instance, look at Japanese where I think they read from the, the right to the left. Yeah. So your brain is trying to be, is basically a going against the grain of reading because let's say by the age of let's say seven eight you've already been exposed to english reading which is the other direction so yet your brain is basically fighting like two battles yeah and at the same time you're comprehending what you're reading and in another language in another language in another building script. images about it in your mind yeah. i think that's like a steroid exercise for the brain dude i mean like i'll give an example i try to learn why well, i still try to learn mandarin mm. and my one mandarin teacher was like I'm not even going to touch like written stuff within the first two years. Yeah, it's too you hard. Are. So my brother's learning while well, he's fluent in Mandarin now and he's fluent exactly. with writing as well. Yeah. And he said like it's been a crazy journey. But that's the thing. It's like now that's the same journey that all first language African speakers have to deal with. Yeah. With English. And then we chop black kids by saying you're dumb because yeah. you can't speak English. And mm. it's like, no guys, like just use it's the hard. right script. Yeah. Use the right script. Yeah. Because English is built for this NGI <laughs> shit. Yeah. But Zulu's not. And like, I know, I remember doing Zulu in high school and reading like Zulu books and being like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. But then like you put on the audio book and like, oh, this, like, is, this is yeah, this, yeah. But then like reading Zulu it's with hard, the bro. English script, I'm like. That's why it goes back to me saying Zulu must be taught uh, in, in, in school. Like yeah. we, should, we should give people access to put that. With you see that? Yeah. That's what I'm Let's saying. Go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. One time for the one time. One time yeah. for the one time. The mentor. Roy. My main man. Almost Mr. light skin. Almost light skin. Team almost light skin all day, every day. Yeah. Dog, thanks so much. No, this I really dope. appreciate it. Really this is amazing. It, yeah. yeah, I had a I great can't time. Wait for it to drop. Not a while, I'm going to drop it soon. Yeah, so it'll be out soon. Out. Don't Send me the link. No, 100%. Yeah. Is this is the part where I can give a shout out to my squad. All day, every day. The whole team, <laughs> yeah, give a I'm shout out. No, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. Shout out to Pineapple. Pineapple, get it. Motor insurance. You know what I'm saying? All risk insurance. We got you. All day, every day. All your needs. We got you. You need to insure anything, son. Pineapple, we got you, son. Download the app. Straight away. This, yeah. this, this podcast is sponsored by Pineapple, son. Straight yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people want to contact you on like socials and stuff? Yeah, so right now I'm currently only on Instagram. Yeah. So my handle is WolfNda, like Wolf the Animal, Nda, mm. N-D-A, all one word. Like Wolfgang? Yeah, Wolfgang. Yeah, okay, Wolf like Tyler the Creator and the Wolf. Yeah. Wolf. There yeah, we yeah, go. Exactly. Our beautiful yeah. life, baby. You know it, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool, man. Thanks so much, dog. Nah, shout out, it. bro. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Please don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast. Um, if you would like to hear more episodes of this, you can subscribe to this podcast. Um, alternatively, you can contact me on Twitter. My handle is M0TH3I. Same on Instagram. And my website is on mate.com. And that's M-O-T-H-E-I.com. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate you taking the time to get this far in the podcast. Have an amazing day 
week, year and lifetime. Bye.